Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junelle has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Clint Junell. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Business Aspirin. I'm your host, Clint Janelle, and today I have on with me Mike Martinez. Mike is the owner of the franchise for Best Option Restoration out of the Denver area. Mike, welcome aboard. Thanks, Clint. Appreciate you having me, man. Man, it's exciting to have you on. Uh, and, and I'm jealous that you're in Denver and you get to see the mountains and have the cool weather. And I think this last week it's been 118, 19 heat index here in DFW. So I may come see you. I should have done this live. We should have done this face-to-face and I could have enjoyed the cool weather. I know, man. You could you should have came out here. It's 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 been it's been warmer than we've than we've had it. We've had a lot of rain recently, but yeah, it's been warm out here as well. But still, still better than what we're dealing with. You have a sweatshirt on at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that says something in itself. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, let's talk to you a little bit about best option restoration and how you got into the space. Yeah, absolutely. So best option restoration. We're a franchise. Uh, the franchise was founded in 2016. The founder is Nick. He's the one that started Best Option Restoration. And he started in 2016. One of my best friends, he he met with him. And he's the reason why I got into the business as well. Uh, I think they met in 2017. That's when my my friend Kyle, he started his franchise as well. He, he works for corporate now. He contacted me. He was like, hey, man, I'm starting this journey. Do you want to join me? I was in the automotive industry at the time. And I was doing pretty well, I thought. And I was like, you know, I'm good in the automotive industry for right now. And a couple of years went by. I would help him out a couple of projects here and there during the weekend or whenever I had some time. And it was around 2019. I had my review at the automotive shop and I told the owner that I wanted to buy him out. I shot my shot and family owned business is very well organized. And he was like, you know, I'm just not ready to sell and not ready to retire. I'm like, that's fair. I just need to do something for myself. Sure. So I got a I got a hold of of my friend Kyle and he was he asked me he was like hey man like do you want to be in the automotive industry or are you open to other possibilities at this point okay. and I told him I was like at this point I'm I'm open to other possibilities he was like well you know you live up north the north side of town why don't you start a start a franchise I was like you know what let's do it yeah, so. Why not? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Why not? So, yeah, started the franchise in January of 2020. Okay. So, a January of 2020. And then you ran right into a pandemic. Yep. Right in the middle of all yep. of it. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's interesting. Like, it's hard to know when you do that. Like, nobody knows that this thing's going to take place, right? Nobody knows we're going to run into a, a worldwide crisis. 
and how that would have impacted where you were at the time and having to leave that. Right. But the reality is some of those are blessings because you have to work hard when you wind up with starting a brand new business and you're in the middle of a anomaly crisis. So when you like, basically you just were making a decision that you just needed to do something else because you wanted to have your own thing. You were trying to buy an automotive business that didn't work. Uh, owner wasn't ready to sell. So you wanted to have your own thing and be able to provide for yourself and your family on your own thing and be uh, that success or failure be dependent upon you is what it sounds like to me. Exactly. A hundred percent. Okay. So let's talk about the mentality to jump off and go, all right, I don't know if I can swim or not, but we're going to find out. Yeah, man, that's exactly what happened. So, you know, I've always been into sports myself and I've always had the, you know, that mentality where if I'm going to be in a team, it's going to be on me, whether I make the team or not, you know, that competitiveness in me has always been there. And I think that relates very well to running a business. And just like you mentioned, you know, I wanted either my failure or my success to be on me, not anybody else. And I just felt like, you know, I'm one of those people where, you know, I don't say I make money. I make this much amount of money. I earn this much money. That's my mentality. So yeah, starting the business has was tough, you know, starting, you know, when I first started the business, I was like, you know, I might just eat rice and beans for this year because I I don't know how it's going to go. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, wow, like I may just either rice or beans (laughs) because, you know, everybody's, everybody's home. Nobody's going out and about, but that mental, the the mentality challenge, man, it's, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm never going to forget this. And in May of 2020, I did not get a single phone call at all for the business. And you know, it was right in the beginning. Nobody knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, man. And I remember at that time, I was still I was still going to, you know, networking events whenever I could online, but not a single phone call. And I what? remember Colorado, the Denver market, um, you guys were shut down for how long, really, in terms of the majority of businesses in, in the Denver area when you guys were opening up? So the pandemic started right about March. In fact, the state got closed right around the spring break. So mid-March, because I was en route to Telluride okay. to go ski when the governor said, hey, everything's shut down. Okay. So yeah, mid-March. And I want to say things opened up again in August. August wow. of 2020, everything opened okay. up again. So it's been a couple months. It was a couple months. But yeah, I remember having a conversation with uh, one of my mentors at that time. And I asked him, I was like, hey, man, like, is there something that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing? Or is there something that I'm doing that, I, that I'm not doing that I should be doing? And then he asked me, well, what are you doing? So I, went, I, I, I talked him through the process of what I was doing. And he was like, honestly, Mike, you're doing everything that you need to do. There's a lot of people that are taking this time to just chill and relax and take a vacation because everything's shut down. You're not doing that. So by the time everything opens up again, you're going to be up and going and you're going to know what you need to do and people are going to know who you are. And that's exactly what happened, man. We've been super blessed and we've been steady with work since August of 2020. It's awesome, man. What's your wheelhouse? Uh, you mostly water? Mostly water, water mold. 
And we okay. do we do some we do some fire as well. Yeah, but primarily residential primarily. water. Yes, that is correct. Okay. okay. Yes. Excellent. Well, so let's talk about like obviously the questions change a little bit in regard to the the, the podcast. Um, because obviously something like the, one of the questions I like to ask regularly is what is something that wish you wish you knew uh, when you started the business? And in your case, one of the answers to those is that there was going to be a pandemic in two months. Right. Um, yeah. But other than that, like talk to me about what are some things that when you decided to jump off and have your own business from being an employee at an automotive space, jumping into an industry you didn't really know or understand fully, right? And becoming the owner of a franchise in that. Talk to me about like, what is there something that you wish you would have known? Yeah. So there's a lot of things, man. I didn't know anything about the industry, just like you said. So learning the ropes on the restoration industry, that was a, you know, I had to learn that as well. But not only that, you know, the running a business, it's its own unique, you know, vehicle that you have, that you have to drive. And there's, there's a lot of things that people think that a business is easy to run. And that's why a lot of people don't make it past three years, yeah. you know, three to five years is the, you know, you either make it or you don't. The majority of all of them fail in the first five. Yeah. So it's, it's not easy, you know, mm-hmm. just, just like we talked about earlier as well, you know, it's my, the failure or success is going to be on me. So what I wish I knew is I, I wish when I started the business, I wish I knew more people when I started the networking okay. aspect of it. Okay. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to network. I didn't, you know, it, talking sports to me, it's easy. I can do it all day long but not everybody talks about sports at all, all day, sure. every day. Right. So being able to find that connection with people is tough sometimes too. Right. And yes. being able to grab onto something that you have in common with someone to build a relationship um, can be difficult for sure. You know, and, and I thought, you know, when I first started, you know, I thought that all business owners had the same mentality and that's not the case. Some people like to be owner operator, which is not a bad thing, but you can't really grow a big company that way. And there's other people that they do see a, a vision where they want to grow their own company into something big that it's well known. You know, you can have a small company that's well known, don't get me wrong. But, you know, being an owner operator, if you're not on the field, you're not really making money. Sure. So, Sure. That's, I, I also had to learn that as well yeah. uh, from the business aspect of it. Yeah. So it, and it's interesting, like when you first start out and you're trying to navigate growing a business and developing your business and your brand, it's interesting because you have to wear a lot of hats. You get to do everything. I got to do the networking. I've got to do the marketing. I've got to do the billing. I've got to do the collection. I've got to actually sling the fans and extract the water until you get a team in place. Then you have to be able to, to accomplish all the different tasks. And then as you get to the point where you have a team, then you have to start relying on them in order to do what you're talking about, which is grow your business. You have to put some trust in your team to be able to accomplish what is before them and, and have some successes there so that you can go out and get the next work coming in, build the next relationship. Uh, and provide that opportunity for the growth that you're hopeful for. Um, and I certainly can appreciate that. And, and that's the tough part, right? That's where 
early on, you said, you know, owning a business is hard and it is because you've got to be able to do all those things. And if you haven't done that before, it sounds like a really great idea, right? Oh man, I get to, I'm going to own my own business and I'm going to do this and I'm going to be rich and I'm going to have all the time in the world. And then suddenly you're poor and you have no time and you got to try to navigate how to figure out how to do all those things and, and work all of it together and worry about how you're going to feed your family and how you're going to feed your employees' families and all those things. So absolutely learning how to network is significant. Uh, and, and kudos to recognizing that because that's what in a lot of cases leads to the next business being, being known so that people know who you are and what service you provide is vital to the growth of a business. If you're going to be providing services to the consumer. No, hundred percent, man. I, I do want to touch a little bit on what you said, you know, everybody wants to start a business to become rich and you have to be careful when you do make money you have to be careful on how to manage your money. Absolutely. I, I, I really wasn't managing my money all that well when I first started. And, you know, I was like, oh, I have this amount of money. Let's go out and buy more equipment. Did I really need that equipment? At the time, I didn't. I do now because, you know, we're doing a lot more projects now. But was it the right time? Possibly not. Or you know, going out and buying a bigger, nicer vehicle. Is it really necessary? Probably not at the time. So being able to manage uh, your finances, because uh, as you know, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we, do, we do a lot of insurance work. So that cash flow can be a long period of time sometimes. Absolutely. So being able to manage your money and see months ahead so that way you do have enough cash in the bank to be able to pay your employees, you know, cover insurance, cover all the expenses that you have. It's critical because you do, your employees' families do rely on you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you making a bad decision hurts them, right? You make a bad 100%. decision. And so I, I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, and that was a conversation that I had with uh, a recent uh, podcast as well is, you know, being smart enough to have a three to six month slush fund to cover your expenses. And, and the reality is, especially in the restoration space, service industry guys get in a position where they start having some success and they want the big truck, right? They want to show off who they are and what they've done. And in a lot of cases, they do that, like what you're saying, a little too soon, where they should have held off for a little bit and made sure they had that slush fund. Because the reality is, not having money to cover an emergency could ruin your business. And then you're out of luck where not having the nice brand new truck isn't like, just wait a little bit, be smart. Like don't be so caught up in the successes that you make stupid decisions, especially in the service industry, the restoration space specifically, because it's cyclical, right? Like it doesn't necessarily always have the, like, because you made 50,000 bucks this month, doesn't mean you're going to make 50,000 the next two months. You might not make anything next month, right? Just depends on what's happening and what's going on in the market and, and what you respond to. And you got to be aware of that and pay attention to that. So, I mean, I think that's wisdom right there, dude, is to recognize that. Now, did you do it right? Apparently not. Right. Cause you looked at it. I'm not sure I did that right, but it didn't, it didn't hurt you fortunately. Right. But the ability to recognize Mike, that it could have, is significant. And being able to share that to those that are listening to this podcast going, Hey man, like nobody's going to judge you because you don't have the biggest truck right now. 
keep your nose down, keep grinding and make good decisions and grow your business and be prepared for the what ifs. And I, I love that, dude. I love that idea. Yeah. If I was to give any advice to anybody that's starting a, a restoration company anytime soon is, you know, obviously you, you have your own, your keep your bank account separate. I always did that from the beginning. Don't get me wrong, but within your business, have multiple accounts within your business. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's a one of the issues that I didn't do myself in the beginning because all the money was coming in and it was just in one account. And I was like, oh, I have this amount of money. Let's go out and buy the latest and greatest. Where I was like, you know, do I really need that right now? So now I have multiple accounts where as soon as the money comes in, certain percentage goes to each account and now I don't have to worry about payroll. I don't have to worry about, you know, paying my franchise fees. Don't have to worry about taxes at the end of the year. As soon as the money comes in, percentage goes out to each individual account. And I don't even see that. Right. I just focus right. on that one main account that's there. I'm like, all right, I have this amount of money left over. Yeah. And that's beautiful, man. And I love that you, that you've recognized that and you've done that. Was there something that told you to do that? Or is it just mentally you were like, Hey, or you follow some kind of process or some kind of leadership book or some kind of operating system? Like where, where did you come up with that mentality? Well, I came up with that. I mean, I read it in the book. I forgot the name of the book um, that I read. It was on top of my mind, but it, it, it all started because, you know, I had, I had to pay my taxes and I'm like, wow, I have to pay this much. So that's where, that's where I got, got it from. And then I, I read a book and sure. Split that out, have that all saved out somewhere. No, that's fair, man. You don't have to come up with the name of the book. I get it. Uh, just wanted, you know, wondered if it was something that's like, hey, somebody told me this or I read this or where that came from. But uh, and that's like I try to encourage guys on a regular basis to go out and read, go out and navigate new things, find new information on how to establish processes and how to grow a business. And because that's what pain necessitates the need for improvement, right? Um, and so in your case, it's like, oh shit, man, I got to pay this tax bill. Yeah. I probably should have saved some of that money a little differently. Right. And I tell guys that all the time in regard to, you know, developing a business is you've got to pay attention to like, there are expenses that are coming. Insurance is coming. Rent is coming. Taxes are coming. The oh no's are coming. You know, a a truck gets T-boned by somebody and and you, you got to replace that truck and you got to make sure you're set correctly for all of that. And that you're insured well and, all of that's expensive. And that's part of what makes running a business hard yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so how many employees you got now? So right now we have a team of five. Okay. Five employees. Yep. Okay. So you're running a couple of trucks out in the I field right trucks. now. Yeah. Nice. Running around. Excellent, man. And so um, about how many projects do you think you're running a year? A year? Ooh. Or a uh, month or, or, or a day yeah, or however so, you want to break it down. So we, we average about about four to five jobs a week right now. So we do about, you know, 15, 20 jobs a month that are water jobs. So it's, it keeps our guys busy. Absolutely. Good, man. That's excellent. Absolutely. It's, you know, like there's a lot of guys that would love to be able to do a job a day, right? They would love to be able to get to that point. And so kudos on reaching that milestone, that's success, right? And, and it's providing you some chances to grow and develop and do that. And and that's amazing. Um, In regard to the projects, so you've got to the point where you're doing one a day. You've got a team of five. 
what are some of the pains that you experience in just in operating all of it, right? Like, or navigating it, like where, where do you feel pains currently? Well, it's a little bit of, a little bit of all, you know, like I don't have kids myself, but having employees, I kind of see like having kids. Um, sure. No one, no one's, you're not going to be able to please every single one of them. You know, not everybody's going to want to be able to, nobody wants to work, but people have to work. And some people, they show up and they're just don't, they don't want to do anything. So being able to go into the shop and you have to bring the energy yourself as a business owner. If you are a business owner and you are dragging your feet and you're a Debbie Downer, your team is going to see that and they're going to carry that energy with them. So being able to bring the energy in an upbeat energy every single day, you have to be on your A game when you come into the, into the shop and Absolutely. talk to your team. So that's one of them employees. I mean, people are going to always complain about employees, but being able to motivate them, it's going to help you and your team and just build a culture that you want to build a culture around. Sure. So that, and then just the other thing, the marketing aspect of it, you know, just going out there and talking to, you know, good power partners that are good for us, you know, not everybody's open to that. So that's another thing that we got to work around with. Yeah. You find it partners, partnerships and relationships that can help you grow. Hang on for me just one second, Mike. I'm like, something's beeping with my alarm system and I want to see if I can navigate what's going on and turn that off. So I'm going to pause the recording for a second. We'll have them edit this part out and, uh, and then I'll be right back. Hang on just one second. Okay, Mike. So let's talk a little bit then about how you motivate those employees that you're, that you're navigating, right? Like Everybody right now, like you mentioned, is having a hard time getting employees and getting them to stay up. Have you had most of your guys for a, a little bit of time or are you yeah, having to uh, replace them? I've been, I've been super blessed. I haven't really had that much turnover myself, but motivating them, it's everybody gets motivated differently. You know, there there's people that are motivated by money. There's people that are motivated by time off. So, you know, I there's several things that I give my guys to be motivated People that are motivated by money, like I, I give them an incentive, like, hey, that you can do this, things, and you can make a little bit more money if you want. If you do this list of things, people that are motivated by time off, like, hey, if you want to get off earlier, show up earlier. You know, we don't have a set time that we need to start projects. As you know, being in the restoration industry, we work twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days out of the year. Um, so if there's an emergency that came that night up, people want to get it done right, right away. So if people want to start earlier, they can get done earlier. And most of my guys are younger. So, and they're, most of them are into sports as well. So we do have season tickets to, to baseball games and basketball games. Um, that way they can go to games in the summer and on the winter as well. Nice. Well, that's super fun. So you just like have the tickets and it's on a rotation cycle or they it's get to ask when, when they want it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I yeah. love that you do that for the guys. So teaching, teaching your staff how to do their jobs, you find it challenging to get your team to execute on the things they need to execute on, or does it go relatively well? It can be tough. You know, they're, they're they definitely go through a probational period. We, we teach them. I think people that are in this industry, they learn hands-on or otherwise they wouldn't be in this, in this industry. So people tend to learn more when they're on the field. So they do go through some training videos. 
Um, there, there is IICRC certifications that we go through, but you can only learn so much seeing it. Sure. People sure. usually learn more by doing it. So uh, they do, you know, they, they shadow one of our other crew members and they, they just learn the field for, for the professional period. And, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we, it's, it's not always, people don't always do everything that they need to do. You know, they are going to forget to take pictures. Sure. They are going to forget to get the insurance claim number, the adjuster's contact information. So like it, it's going to happen, but also, having processes and procedures ran out that way you when you know you you hand them the process and procedures and they you know I, it's it's funny um when when we have reviews with our guys like hey i want to race i'm like well there's certain things that that need to be worked on and you know we have our process and procedures that that we follow and there's some there's some improvement that can be worked on so how about we focus on these items Right. And then we can talk about, you know, getting a race at that point. Okay. And then does that seem to be effective? It, it's, it's effective. Right. Because it's, it's you know, they, they get it from the beginning, you know, they get a, a ran, ran process procedures. And then, you know, we have, you know, KPIs as well. And it's, they, they know it's like, you know, it's like, it's like a quarterback, you know, a quarterback can go out there and be like, expect a hundred million dollar um, contract by throwing one touchdown. Like right. it's, it's just not going to happen. You have to perform as well as an employee. Excellent. Excellent point. What is a mistake that you have made that's hard to fix? I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that one either. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Alexa doesn't know. I'm not sure why it's going off over here, but whatever. Yeah. I'd probably say learning to let go. Okay. Explain that. Let's talk about that. It's, um, I think this is where a lot of, owner operator trades fall into where they like speaking for myself, you know, I was, I'm a professionalist at, at times and I want things to go a certain way. And if they don't go that way, I can get frustrated. I've learned to let go of that a little bit because it goes back to, you know, I want to build this to where it's running by its own. I want to grow this to, you know, I don't have just five employees. I want to have 50. I want to have over 100 employees where I can service a bigger area and we're a very well-known company. So, but I, I can't get there if I don't let go of things. Absolutely. So, you know, that's where a lot of owner-operator trades fall into. They want everything to go their way. And when they hire someone, their employee makes a mistake and they're like, oh, just, just go home. I'll fix it myself. Well, you can't do that. You have to take that opportunity to teach them on how to be better. If you don't take that opportunity to teach them, they're never going to learn. And if they never learn, you're never going to grow. That's so right. I would say that's that was a that's key a, an excellent point. We've brought that up on the podcast before, where the reality is there are there are companies that do not grow ever because the owner of that company does require that their hands touch everything. And at your point, you know, if you're doing a job a day, you can't touch every project anymore. That's too no. many for you to navigate trying to touch on a regular basis. And as a result, you're going to like, okay, go touch them all. But if you touch them all, it can't be five. It can't be five a week. It can't be one a day. It's too many. Uh, and so kudos for recognizing that because there's a lot of guys that still haven't figured that out. And absolutely. It, it will 
stifle your growth a little bit because you're not going to be able to get past the limited number of jobs that you can actually touch. So empower your team to be able to have some successes and teach them, like you said. And I think that's insanely valuable. And it's okay to make mistakes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I've told my team, man, I I, I tell them, if you guys make a mistake, own up to it. Let me know. You know, obviously if it's a big issue, let me know and we'll make it right. But take that opportunity to learn what happened and make sure that doesn't happen again. Absolutely. But yeah, but they have to be comfortable with telling you that they messed up. Sure. And it's a matter of how you address that with them and how you fix it with the client, right? Yep. Fix the problem. And and the reality is most clients um, are comfortable with mistakes being made. If we lived in a perfect world and nothing ever went wrong, the restoration industry wouldn't exist. Exactly. It exists for a reason because things go wrong. And so how you address that, how you bring that to your client and go, Hey man, like here's something that happened. Uh, We're going to fix this thing. I just want to let you know. Um, Most customers are perfectly content in that environment and you fix it and you move on and uh, you're, you're good to move down the road. And that's excellent, man. So great catch on recognizing that uh, and, and then empowering your team to actually go out and do the things they need to do and, and both succeed and fail. So I think you're doing that really well, man. That's exciting. Thanks. Yeah. Thank um, uh, with all your success, like the success, the growth you've had, what do you think is your biggest challenge right now? I'd probably say just the marketing aspect of it, getting out there, getting our name. You know, I, 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 I'm trying to grow this organically okay. to an extent. I, in our era, you know, if you're not on Google, you're, you don't exist. But sure. going out there and shaking hand, kissing babies, like that's, that, that cannot go away. And there's only one of me. Nobody's going to sell my business like the way that I do. Sure. I may be able to go out and hire someone and be a business developer and they can go out there, but they're not going to speak the way that I speak about the company because, you know, it's my baby. So, sure. you know, I, I consider myself like an introvert for the most part. Okay. And, you know, getting out of my shell, going out to talk to people, it's, it was a challenge at first. I've gotten better at it. I've gotten more comfortable about it. And I don't mind talking about it now. And just having a, you know, small talk, even small talk sometimes can brighten someone's day. So just going out and, you know, marketing and not spending thousands of dollars in Google ads um, just because some people don't. Yeah, sure. So in a, in a lot of cases, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are also introverted, right? To go out and what I call work a room is not their idea of a great time. Having to go out in a room full of 100 people and interact and mingle and talk and discuss business and smile and shake hands with all these people is, is a drain on them. And so it's frustrating to do that. They want to be out doing what they do as a business, uh, but do this because they know they have to. So one of the things that's, you know, that's been mentioned that we've discussed that is pretty successful in regards to the networking side of things and being involved is don't try to be all things to all people in every room you walk in. Make a couple of connections. Make the small talk that you were mentioning about. Meet, meet one or two people, build a good relationship with one or two people in that event and, and carry something from that relationship on. And yep. then the next time you go to a room, Make another connection with one or two people. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that starts to build a business for you and build your brand because people are aware of what you do and you start getting referral business and, and 
and getting calls as a result of your community involvement and in things that you do. I would encourage you to find community events that you can be a part of and support. If there's something to support the police officers, if there's something to support moms, if there's something to support abused children, uh, if there's you know some some form of organization that you can find that you can jump in and be a part of and go all in on. Um, those okay. kind of things work really well from some of that. So, you know, and, and Mike, for, for real, I'm a resource for you, for anybody that's listening to the podcast, like you guys know how to get a hold of me. Uh, let's connect. And I'm happy to navigate any of this with you and, and try to help where I can and where I can't, or I'm not spectacular at, I've got team members that are and or other listeners, other businesses I'm connected to guys that can certainly help us figure these things out together. And, and that's what we're, we're all about. Yeah, that's great. Um, I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I, I want to be aware of your time. We're at 1240 at this point, so we're a little longer than what we had kind of shot for originally. Is there anything that you want to share with the listeners about growing a business or navigating all of it together that we haven't discussed already? No, not really. But, you know, going back to the the, mar- the networking aspect of it, when you said you don't have to be all to everybody, I was at fault at that in the beginning. And just going out there, let's say you have one or two networking events a week. And if you just meet that one person, make sure you follow up with that person to begin with. You know, your money will come for your follow-ups. But even if you just try to go out and meet one person per networking events, let's say you have two two a week. Well, if you you tell yourself, I only have to meet two people in a week, that's that's easy. But the compound effect to that, that's a hunt. That's over a hundred people a, a year, and you don't know who they know that are going to connect you to to them to you as well. So that, that I also had to learn that myself. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up again. Yeah, for sure. Well, Mike, it sounds like you're off to a good start. You got a good head on yeah. you. Um, you're you're evaluating things seemingly well, um, and I think you're going to have a lot of success, man. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast with me today and chatting. And uh, just know I'm here, man. If I can help. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thanks again for, for having me on the show. It's it's exciting to see other other people in the field that have been doing this for a long time that are successful. So I'm excited for the future. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for being on. Appreciate talk, it. We'll talk soon. This has been a Business Aspirin, pain relief for business podcast. If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, follow us on Apple Podcasts or visit our website for more information job-docs.com.